Ladies and gentlemen, it's all good, man. The better. Better Call Saul podcast. My name is Brian, and with me, as always, is Dave. Dave, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. I'm with you in person right now. I know, and it's kind of late, right? Like, we kind of had a weird go this week. We recorded a preview with the prior, but haven't got it out yet. Right. And then uh, I think one of us has logged in too many times ex- or incorrectly into mm. our account to get the screener, so we couldn't get the screener in time. So we actually watched it live with everybody. Right. And uh, and now we're recording afterwards, yeah. just like the old days before we got the special yeah, permissions. Yeah, like season one. Yeah. <laughs> so the weird the weird thing is, is like uh, I'm still struck by how many commercials there are. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while since I've watched the show with commercials. Yeah. Or any show with commercials, because I am a cord cutter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. So it's just kind of, whoa, all right. All right. So anyway, we are talking about episode 409, titled what, Dave? Vitor saying... And we went through this a couple times, how this was pronounced, right? Yeah, I just actually looked it up on YouTube. Vieter Zayn. Vieter Zayn. Okay. Vieter Zayn. Vieter Zayn. And that means goodbye? Yeah. I guess it's off Vieter Zayn, mm-hmm. but whatever. They shortened it. Okay. Because, well, that's what they wrote on the wall. Yeah. Before they blew it the fuck up. <laughs> right. All right. Well, let's just jump into it because it's like, uh, what is it, midnight right now? And we're doing this? Something like that. I don't know. It's raining. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what time it is. It's rain o'clock. <laughs> it's rain o'clock right now here in lovely south suburban Chicago. I think west. West suburbs? I think we're in the west suburbs. Southwest now. suburbs. Yeah, okay. Sure, something like that. Something like that. Okay. Whatever. So we open up the show, and Kim is on crutches. The Lubbock City Hall. Mm-hmm. Mm, what's she doing? Hobbling mm. on through. Hobbling on through, pulling scams. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously this is a continuation of where... Last week she says, "Hey, let's let's do it again. Let's do it again." And this is the scam. Mm-hmm. She's got this whole thing going on where she's feigning making a mistake on the blueprints for Mesa Verde, mm-hmm. and uh, she gives the whole sob story that she is a single mother of eight months who also has her leg broke because she decided to pick up trail running. Right. <laughs> Get caught in a root. Yeah. It, it it's just it, it's one of those. Um, it's one of those lies that sound just ridiculous enough that it could be true. Right. 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 Not too overboard, but enough to where somebody wouldn't question it. Exactly. It was like, oh, yeah, no, people people do that. Of course. Right? Yeah. Trail running. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Totally. I don't know where you, I mean, trail running in New Mexico, though, is there a lot of trees that have like roots close to the surface? I thought it was all like cacti where the roots are buried quite far underneath the soil. <laughs> I, I don't know. Mm. Maybe it was uh maybe it was like a Well, she was in Texas though. Well, no, so the lady didn't know that though. Right. right. She's from No, she did she did say that she uh that her part of her whole story was is that her supervisors didn't know she was even in Texas because like the whole thing yeah. is she's she's supposed to be so concerned. Which about, I don't understand why they made up names. I thought wouldn't they know who the representing like the main lawyer was? For Mesa Verde? Like, Not the city hall. Yeah. So I guess that they can't bring it back to Kim because they don't know it was Kim that did Unless it. Unless they like saw a picture of her or something like that. Yeah. Well, I thought that would be something that you could easily like research, but I guess mm-hmm. not. I guess it doesn't really matter what her name is, so they make up a name. Right. And then we see uh, Jimmy come in dressed like a, <laughs> what you, a, a, a typical piece of shit, but Jimmy Buffett fan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, when, and, he, when he made the comment that he can't run because he's wearing flip-flops, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it's your typical piece of shit Jimmy Buffett fan <laughs> right there. For the record, I wear flip-flops probably eight months out of the year, and I, I can move pretty quick. And you hate Jimmy Buffett. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know if I hate him. Indifferent? I, I was at a restaurant, or a restaurant. I was at a uh, a hotel where he was playing in Vegas, and we went out to the Heart Attack Grill on um, nice. Fremont Street in Vegas, and he was playing... Um, like cheeseburger in paradise, mm. and we came back literally four and a half hours later, and we must have been catching a second show because we walked into the hotel and passed him at the <laughs> same exact spot in the song. Nice, yeah. Maybe he was just doing that song on repeat because that's like his only song. Or maybe, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he just held it for us. Yeah, he saw us walk by and not pay attention. He's like, "Go oh, fuck it, I'm not doing shit until they come back." And then he saw us come through, and then he figured he'd pick up the song. Last time I was in Vegas, uh, my friends went to Heart Attack Grill, 
mm-hmm. where if you're over 350, you get to eat for free, mm-hmm. but you have to get on the scale outside. Yeah. One of our friends is like 360 nice. and refused to get on the scale because he didn't want like he didn't want his weight displayed to everybody. Right. To which I was just like, people can see you, dude. Yeah, people know you're fat. Like, <laughs> yeah, people know you're fat. Just own it and get that free meal, sucker. Right. Like he he, he passed on a free meal because he didn't want to weigh himself in public. Right. Nobody's gonna be like, man, that guy looks super buff. Holy shit, is that three sixty pounds? Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's right. just not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> so Kim starts in on this uh, whole charade, charade, of, chicanery, uh, if you will, if you will. Uh, this whole she's making sure that the the wall was set back ten point. Or two feet six inches or whatever right. it was. Well, she was giving details that matched the plans mm-hmm. to set up the switch. Because mm-hmm. I was wondering if Kim was lying about what her plan said. Mm-hmm. But no, she actually had the same plans, but she had two sets of plans, mm-hmm. and then sleight of hand, right? Replaced the plans when when the brother comes in. He left the kid in the car, which right. everybody knows. Like I thought that was okay. Yeah, nowadays right. that'd be a huge. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what you do. If you're only leaving your car for a few minutes, you leave the kid in. You crack the window a little bit. Right, exactly. It's like a dog. You, know? you just crack the window, or yeah. you can pull. You can turn the key all the way backwards and have the radio on, so they have something to do. Exactly. Yeah, and they can turn the key forward a little bit, run the air conditioner. Right. You know. You know the good old days. Yeah, exactly. Especially in New Mexico when it gets up to like 110 degrees. Right. <laughs> so. So Jimmy comes in, uh, Kim uh, feigns running outside mm-hmm. to check on the child. Well, lim- limping. Right. And quickly. That's, that's when Jimmy does the whole, um, I can't move too fast, I'm in flip-flops. Right. Uh, when they come back, oh, and he sets down the- He puts the milk on the, the plans. Milk. Yeah, on the plans. Right. So it leaks out, ruins, ruins the plans. Ruins the plan. Would that ruin the plans? Yeah. I mean, have you ever- I, wouldn't they just be able to dry it out? This is why I leave milk in the fridge, Brian. Mm, good point. See, yeah, we've talked see, about we've this. We've talked about time. Jimmy's propensity for leaving milk out. Maybe that was all leading up to this. Maybe that was all like a subtle hint. <laughs> no, it's not. What if they plan that that detail all the way through the season? Because there was three or four times he left the milk on the counter just carelessly, carelessly <laughs> left it out. Well, this was on purpose, though. This was if if he had done it on accident, I'd be on board. But but right the, the the baby milk was a purpose placement right so but maybe that was all foreshadowing maybe foreshadowing maybe foreshadowing Jimmy dropping milk bombs all over the place mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. not milk duds milk bombs. milk bombs right that's right right so then Ken comes back she's all upset for whatever character she's playing and does the old switcheroo the old switcheroo that's right and it was the other lady's idea. Right. Genius. Yeah, she took Inception a- right there. Make mm-hmm. her think it's her idea. Again, what what was their plan had that not worked out perfectly? <laughs> <laughs> this is the season of plans must work. Right. Like there's zero room for error. Right, exactly. Because the whole the whole deal is this is her way of tricking So is her plan to go back to Mesa Verde and be like, Oh, you know, I, I somehow managed to get you that bigger fancier meetings i didn't think i didn't think about that how she has to explain this to mesa verde but i guess yeah like oh i worked it out i didn't i did i pulled the rabbit out of the hat yeah i made i made uh, some calls uh, yeah i, I worked my magic calls. it's all good they're gonna give you the plans that you want right for an exactly. extra what 13 feet in the conference room or something like that. right <laughs> <laughs> well, think- no 13 percent larger building which is actually pretty significant right because he wanted he he liked the foot traffic and he thought it was coming in because of the design of the building but it right. was too late previously to yeah, change that exactly which so. makes me wonder, I don't, yeah, like, so you, it's still early enough in the phase to change the plans so nobody would notice, like, no contractors have looked at these plans yet, like, it's not mm-hmm. already in motion yet. Right. There's still time to change the plans so that way somebody won't look at them and be like, wait, this is 13% larger and a completely different design. And the lady hadn't stamped them yet. The lady hadn't approved. See, I was wondering about that because I thought she just stamped Kim's to make it approved she'd already stamped the old one but now that's trash but since it's ruined so the replacement has to gotcha. be gotcha okay that's a good call yeah. all right all right but that's a good call on the contractors and such too yeah i would think that somebody would have taken a look at you would have plans. to budget for all that and everything what if somebody did kim doesn't know it and now that's when it comes back to bite her in the ass mm. it gets questioned by somebody yeah possibly and then we have another chuck situation all over again yeah well we won't find out this episode one after magna carta dude <laughs> Well, we won't find out after this episode. That is correct. 
And then we have the urinal. Did we decide, is that a urinal or is that a drinking fountain? It's a urinal, right? I say it's a urinal. Okay. Urinal opening. That's right. Lots of uh, gray, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we head to the nursing home. Yeah, got a little newlywed game going on in the background. Yeah, so one of the things I noticed about, because uh, I like watching stuff with closed captions. Yes, uh, this is the first episode I think I might have ever seen with the subtitles on. Mm-hmm. And I kept watching because they were showing what the newlywed game was saying in addition to translating the Spanish. Right. So I was trying to keep an eye and be like, is there any subtle Easter eggs going mm-hmm. on? Like all the boob references and the you know sinking ship. Right. Well, I guess it is one huge metaphor. It's about a sinking ship, and that's kind of what's going on, is everybody's ship is sinking in the show. My, my whole thought was if somebody was legitimately deaf and never had any like audio context as to how conversations in the outside ambient noises work, mm-hmm. they would be super confused reading the Spanish subtitles yeah. on the bottom. Because the thing about the, the subtitles when you have it on the show, I mean, I have a pretty decent sound setup here in uh, my basement, mm-hmm. and... um. Without the subtitles, you would have never been able to distinguish what the right what the TV show. Maybe maybe it's my setup, and I don't have it calibrated correctly. But I don't think you'd be able to distinguish really what they were saying on the TV show. But they were perfectly translated in the closed captions. I think if you had headphones on, if you had it really loud, you could mm-hmm. uh, probably because it's the whole trick of if you're reading it and hearing it, then you hear it properly. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe if you like really focus their head, like a really great environment, you probably could. But casual watching. You would just treat it as background noise. Right. Totally. Gotcha. So cool that they had, because there was even one part where it said indistinct chatter in the background mm-hmm. from the TV. But yeah. and Which, well, which is also because of closed captioning. Somebody somebody who ha- would have no audio context from their entire life is probably like, why would they say indistinct chattering in the background? Right. <laughs> why would why, why would they, they say that? I always like it when they say radios playing Wonderwall by Oasis. Because people have probably <laughs> never heard that song. Or like Beethoven's Fifth Symphony in the background. Well, so, yeah, and that, that's all different too because sometimes they just give you the lyrics that are being sung to right. the song also. Just kind of yeah. weird. So at the, at the nursing home, Lalo and Nacho are there to see Uncle Tio, Tio Salamanca. So how long... So a couple things about this. Nacho obviously feel is starting to feel left out, right? He's, he's like pushed out usurped a little bit his role has been but then again does he really want to be in charge because i said this in preview of the prior which people are going to be listening to the preview show after the saw the show before our show whatever Mm -hmm. that you mentioned something about running one cartel while the other one owns you and i kind of glossed over it so maybe he's kind of relieved or like i think he's more worried Right. I don't he, think he's really like upset that he lost his role because he doesn't want to be in charge because he's under Gus's control. Mm-hmm. So as long as he's in charge, Gus is in charge. You know, they did a good fake out about that too. Because when they told Nacho to go get Jello or something, mm-hmm. while Nacho's still within ear- earshot, he says, let's talk about the Chilean. Obviously right. talking about Gus. Mm-hmm. And yeah, not the Canadian, which is what Michael Mando is. Right. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I was sitting there thinking um, – I'd be sweating bullets. Yeah, like because gonna... does he know what I did? Right, and, and now he's with the big boss, and they could be talking about me and making my execution plans or whatever. Right. Yes. And then they sent me for Jello, which I'm totally not going to get. I'm just going to stand awkwardly next to this old lady who clutches her purse. Totally. He didn't. He never did get Jello. I like the fact that he told him to go get Jello because they're in a nursing home, and the the mm-hmm. whole plot line about the nursing home from season one when they couldn't name the episode Jell-O because they couldn't get the rights. Right. <laughs> so they kind of forced Jell-O into yeah. this conversation. Yep, I was, I was just going to bring that up too. Um, Lalo goes into the story about how at some point um, T.O. Sal, uh, you know, Hector. Hector. They basically try to um, strong arm a hotel, the, ho- the Hotel Tulipan. Mm-hmm. And when the guy tried to push some bravado and show he wasn't afraid of the Salamancas, they burnt the hotel down. And thus, we found out how Hector got his bell because yeah. it's a souvenir from the burnt down hotel. I kind of like that, actually. Yeah. How long into that conversation did it take you to figure out they were talking that the bell was going to appear? When he pulled out the bell. Really? When he said, I got a souvenir. I think it was when I saw the bell. I don't think I really put that together, honestly, because I didn't really, I didn't really follow what was going on. Tell you the truth, mm-hmm. um, I think I was paying too much attention to the background subtitles. Yeah, because I just heard that they burned something down, and that he walked into the fire. Right. So, so I'm thinking it was a house. 
No, yeah. So the whole the story they were telling is that um, they were laughing about the time when they basically tried to strong arm a hotel, mm. and the the owner or manager of the hotel tried to act like he wasn't afraid of them. So they burnt they burnt the hotel down. Okay. Yeah. So, that, so it's a hotel bell, not yeah, just like, like the, some it's random front desk bell. Yeah. Gotcha. And it's funny because my I I kind of watched it while you were still driving up here, and I watched it as it was recorded on the DVR, mm. and um, and my wife was down here. And when they said hotel, not even putting two and two together, I just offhandedly be like, "Oh, that's how he gets the stupid bellhop bell." Ah, it's from that, and then that's that's how it was. But when he said souvenir, that's when I was like, "Oh crap, it is the bell." I yeah. totally called that just being an asshole. Nice, nice. Yeah, way to pay attention because I obviously didn't pay attention that. By the way, that's enough. the worst thing ever. Uh, anybody out there who aspires to run a hotel, never, <laughs> never put the bell on your desk. It's the absolute worst thing ever because because. <laughs> Nobody could just ring it and wait for somebody to show up. They'll ring it four times before mm-hmm. somebody gets to the desk. And even if you're in front of them waiting on it, people can't resist ringing the bell. Yeah, I've, I've been guilty of that maybe once or twice mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah, never never put the bell up. What's even worse, some hotels have a doorbell, a buzzer, mm-hmm. which is even worse because it's so loud in the back. You'll mm-hmm. just be sitting there doing paper. And bang. Mm. <laughs> I just rather prefer to just be like shout like, hey. <laughs> Hey, help me. Or pound on the desk. That's a big That's one, right. too. I've, yeah. I've seen people kick the front of the be- desk, too. Actually, I tend to just, if I don't see anything to get their attention, nobody's at the desk, I'll just stand there politely because I know everybody's got a camera on the front desk and they'll right. probably see me in a few minutes anyway. Right, yeah. Yeah. Plus, front desk people are always running around doing rounds, delivering shit anyway. Right. You know? So. Absolutely. So, that's cool. We got to see the origin of the bell. Yeah. We, we get to see, uh, it gives Lalo... A little bit of a backstory gives them some history with, with Hector, mm-hmm. and then we move on to the diner. Yeah, Jimmy and Kimmy on a diner, like a couple hours away from home on their road trip. Mm-hmm. Three hundred miles round trip. Three hundred miles round trip, huh? Was it round trip or was it one way? That's probably round trip. Could be one way. I don't know. wasn't paying attention. Anyway, that's a hell of a road trip. That's a minute detail. I did not pay attention to. Yeah, three hundred miles. That's what she says. Um, that's not so bad if it's round trip. That's got to be one way because I just went to Milwaukee last weekend. And that was three hundred round trip, I think. Yeah, and that is not far. Yeah, I frequently travel to Indianapolis, yeah. and that's about three hundred round trip. So it's probably one way. Yeah. Plus Texas, I don't know if you ever been because Lubbock's but... is on Lubbock's on the east side of Texas. Like yeah, we, we established that before. So it's like six hours. Yeah, like, six like hours a trip to Cincinnati way. or Nashville, I guess mm-hmm. from for us. It's a good thing they. Um... <laughs> Man, it's a good thing everything went as planned. Man, drive six hours for five minutes and then, or <laughs> even the better, busted. Or even better, it's a good thing that lady didn't come outside to assist a woman in the crutches with her jackass brother and see that there is no Wrangler or kid. They probably stole a car and a baby just to make it legit. <laughs> I'd like to think so, and then just gave it back. <laughs> right, like just kidding. They, they, they just left it. You know, like when my friend's equipment got stolen outside of a club they were playing. <laughs> Yeah. They they had it all loaded up in a van and then they, they go inside and wrap it up and they come back out and the van's gone <laughs> with all the band's equipment and they found it in a parking complex the next day with ten dollars cash and a note that said, Sorry, I really just needed a ride home. Here's some gas money. Really? Yes. That's amazing. None of the equipment was taken. That's amazing. Just some drunk asshole saw a running vehicle and drove it to his apartment. <laughs> ditched it with the keys, gas money, and an apology letter. Wow. Yeah. Well I'd be cool with that. I mean, nah, you know that's what? weird. <laughs> I mean, they were they were so relieved that none of the equipment was taken. They were kind of willing to accept anything. I think. Yeah. Yeah. For the story, for the story, no harm, no foul on that. I think I'd probably. Yeah. yeah I'd I probably so. be shitting bricks for a couple of weeks afterwards, thinking that it, like my car was on video doing like running <laughs> through somebody's yard or something. But but um, I guess no harm, no foul. Yeah. And then the next time I was at that bar, another band somebody was rifling through their equipment hmm. stay away from that bar yeah doesn't sound like a very friendly place at all <laughs> big big keynote of this scene is they get into this debate of using their ability to scam people for for good yeah like jimmy wants to keep doing it and then kim wants to use her powers for good but then jimmy calls her out on the what well, is helping mesa verde improve the size of their building for good <laughs> right you know I guess for Kim it is because it's just money in her pocket. Well, yeah, it's that, not for bad. And she could say that she fulfilled the wishes of Kevin. Yeah, but again, how does she explain that? 
But she remember, took, Kev, took, Kevin she, is Lex Luthor, right? Isn't he the evil supervillain? Oh, secretly? Yeah, <laughs> secretly. And in all the Superman movies, for some reason, Lex Luthor, his big scheme is always some sort of real estate fiasco. Mm-hmm. Which is so lame. It's the lamest characterization of a supervillain ever. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, this guy wants to kill Superman because he wants to build subdivisions. <laughs> that makes no sense whatsoever. No sense whatsoever. I also like. The, I think they uh, even did that in Batman versus Superman when Lex Luthor was supposed. He was basically a Joker type person. I hated that Lex Luthor. Yeah. I don't like Jesse Eisenberg. He wasn't as really it is. so much. He wasn't really so much a Joker as he was more Jim Carrey's Riddler from. Yeah, <laughs> from I guess the, Jim Carrey the, the whole like I'm wacky and crazy, but like Gene Hackman was amazing. I yeah. like Gene Hackman's Lex Luthor the best. Mm-hmm. We can't talk about Kevin Spacey because hashtag me too. Right. But Jesse Eisenberg <laughs> is by far the worst. Yeah. Did not like that character at I just all. I don't know what to do with him. It, like, like, again, it always comes down to some dumb real estate scheme. Yeah. And I've read, I mean, I have a bunch of Superman comics right there. And in all my years of reading Superman comics, mm-hmm. I really can't remember, and I might just be dumb right now, but like, I, I really can't remember Lex Luthor ever coming up with a real estate scheme. <laughs> I honestly don't remember what Lex He's Luthor's like, plans were from the original Superman movies. It was a real estate scheme. It was. It's all well, like it some dumb shit because he has to build real estate. Wasn't? Well, he was only in the third one, right? I think it was. No, because he 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 brought he sick the uh, other Kryptonians on Superman in the second one. Yeah, or like but, release them. Or something. All I know is if it wasn't for the third one, we don't have office space. Mm. Right? Don't they say they ripped off Lex Luthor's plan, the whole deposit, extra money? Yeah. 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 So. All right. Well, something go. good came out of it then. <laughs> but also, to get back on track, but we digress, mm-hmm. um, this explains why he's going to call himself Saul Goodman, which we were kind of right about and wrong about. It's not necessarily a fuck you to Chuck. It's that he's going to go after clients that already know him as Saul Goodman. Right. Yeah. So it's cool that they Stick. kind of yeah. Branding. Ha- hammered that one home. So now, <laughs> now we know where that comes from. Right. Yeah. We head down to the, I don't know, it's not meth lab yet. I guess it's just an excavated hole in the ground. The future meth lab. Future location. Future, there you go. Future location on the meth lab. Mm-hmm. And we get to see Osvita Zane written on the big rock. Mm-hmm. And they totally set this up like, um, like he was going to blow himself up. Right? Did you get that? Well, like Kai was going to blow him up because, well, they didn't, they call Kai the best demolitions guy, so they don't make him seem incompetent, mm-hmm. so then I wasn't expecting Kai to, like, accidentally blow him up, blow him up, mm-hmm. but he was just, like, super nervous, but this isn't, like, building the railroads when, you know, <laughs> a dynamite accidentally exploded, I would think, since it's all electronically powered and stuff, you just disconnect the wires. Right. You find the one that's broken. Which is what they did, mm-hmm. but you know accidents happen and, and things think, do go off on accident. I think it's easy to interpret the whole thing where he's following the wire and he's going down the stairs and he's starting to freak out. Mm-hmm. At first, it's easy to interpret that as a super nervous that he's going to get blown up once he connects to wires. Mm-hmm. But then, like you pointed out, he's a professional and he works with this team all the time. Mm-hmm. So I think he was just having more of a nervous breakdown. I think he right? was just scared. And- and then I was laughing when he when he kind of slumped on the ground after he connected the wire and leaned against the rock. I was like, wouldn't it be awesome if he just died of a heart attack? <laughs> because then I was, because then I was thinking, well, now they have a weird problem of what to do with this body because right. like I think everybody's like expecting him to die, but like, but what if just one of them does have a heart attack? Hmm. What do, what do you do with it then? Yeah, because now there's a wife on the other side of the world. Right, missing her husband. All she knows is that he came to do an engineering <laughs> super. Well, secret that's engine. that's that's easily explainable. Your husband died on the job. You don't have to get into more specifics. You I think they would have to like. If you had a heart attack, he could be doing any job and have a heart attack. Yeah, so that's not. <laughs> then they'd have to fake like they'd have to fake a whole job site. <laughs> no, well, she's not going to fly over here. She's going to wait for them to send the body back. Okay. Right. I I don't know. I, I think that would be easy to explain away. But I mean, I haven't really died of a heart attack while trying to blow shit up in a long time. So I, I did once. It wasn't, that, it wasn't fun. No, I don't remember how it all played out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the thing about what you just said. Mm-hmm. I changed my mind. I think. Okay. Because when the episode ended, I said I hated the ending. Uh huh. I didn't like the fact that Werner bails. Right. Uh huh. But 
now having rethought about this whole scene where basically he just had to like, reprioritize his life because he thought he was going to die, mm-hmm. now it kind of makes sense that he bails and goes home. Like That's why he wanted to talk to his wife and see his wife so bad. Gotcha. Because he thought he was going to die, and he doesn't want to die in America. Gotcha. haven't seen okay. his wife and you know. Not bad. Not bad. Okay. One, one of the things I didn't or, like. Or he senses that Mike's going to take him all out, and he's just getting out ahead of it. Mm. Run while you can. Yeah. I thought it was okay. I thought I was kind of laughing at the big fake out because it, it was a very tense scene and it went on for a long time. I felt the tension. I, I was I was in. They totally set it up like something catastrophic was going to happen, mm. and then he just walks through the plastic, readjusts his hat. He's like, "Well, we're good to go. Like, right. let's do this." The only thing I didn't like is when they did the typical they're discussing stuff, and the foreigner who up until this point spoke really good English, mm-hmm. and he does the whole uh, how do you say mm. connection. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's always how do you say right before a really simple word in yeah, a simple context. That's tropey. And I've um I deal with foreign people all the damn time from all over the world and mm-hmm. nobody has ever said to me how do you say <laughs> and, Oh really? And, and I've never had anybody ask me that. Hmm. Not in that context. Usually if people are speaking English to you, they're mm-hmm. they're more of a tendency to just keep repeating something until you kind of get what they're talking about. Yeah, okay. Like repeating what whatever incorrect thing. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, I've ne- I've never heard anybody be like, uh, "How do you say right connection?" Or you know, or like in whatever dialect they they choose to do it. Right, right. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. We had to take a quick break. Dave, where were we? Oh, we were talking about how uh, Warner went all cougar from Top Gun and turned in his wings. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> nice reference. Thank you. <laughs> nice. It's reference. true. Because the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, I know I've seen this exact plot line before where the guy's life flashes before his eyes because mm-hmm. he thought he was going to die and he didn't. It's been done a lot of things, but yeah. Top Gun's like my dad's favorite movie, so I've seen it way too many times. <laughs> All right. So, and then also, here's an issue I had with the second part of this plot. They they obviously don't want people to know that they're blowing shit up underground. Right. But dynamite makes a lot of noise. It does. So it would be... It also all, shakes the earth. Yeah, right? hmm So they try to set it up so this truck drives, and it goes over the speed bump at the same time. So I guess anybody observing this would just associate that sound with the truck. All those people that watch laundromats that are empty in the middle of the night, yeah. Right. But it gives a plausible reason, because mm-hmm. if you were driving down the road for whatever reason, you heard the boom and you saw the truck, you might just assume that it's the sound of a heavy truck going over Right, a speed it probably bump. makes, because they had a thing in the back that probably actually would be louder mm-hmm. than the boom under underground. Yeah, but the truck sat there for a while. <laughs> like, sat in yeah. the middle of nowhere. Well, I, I would suspect I, that's that would not, be just... I, I, I don't find that suspicious. Living near one of the biggest shipping hubs in central Illinois... No, I, I guess think that's the true. biggest. I see that all the time. There's yeah. a, there's a cold storage a mile from my house. I I constantly see trucks sitting on the side of the road, sitting in parking lots. Guys are lost. Guys are whipping U turns. Okay, so pretty plausible there. All right, fair point. Fair point. Fair I was point. just I was just curious that does uh, does everybody in the Salamanca crime family have a CDL? Is that like part of the requirement? <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's how you get in. It's like the number one thing they look for. <laughs> can, you, can you double shift? <laughs> <laughs> also but, also another shot of the headlights into the camera yeah that's you mentioned been, that that's is a that a pet peeve of yours you, you no, it's just when a, it happened it's a thing that i've noticed three or four times this year it's because there's the one that i made the joke about how it lit up mike from the inside when you turn the headlights mm-hmm. on but i mean there's been how many times have we seen a car pull up into the camera yeah and then like as the seasons progress it's gotten more and more like it washes out mm-hmm. the camera okay which is i don't know if that's some sort of symbolism or something yeah, I don't know. It's just funny that you noticed that. I yeah. usually notice things like that, but yeah, but you, you, me- usually... you mentioned that casually as we were watching. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I guess that's, I guess that's so. But they managed to blow up the rock, so all the Germans got to celebrate with their beer. Mm-hmm. Mike doesn't want a beer, no, nope. but, but he does. He does partake, and they, they, then they talk it. Kai, and it's Kai that talks him into it. Yeah, see, yeah. Kai's coming around. Well, he's a red herring. He's. It, yeah, they, they, they I, I'm down up. with the red herring. Well, it's proven he's the red herring by the end of the episode. Yeah, it's but. all set up that he's he's the big troublemaker, and he's not at all. Right. Well, he he does cause issues, but he's they're a not, pain in the ass for they're sure. They're not that bad, right? Yeah, definitely. Warner has been, which you said in preview of the prior, like he's he's really the liability. Yeah, 
you know, from the, the conversation with the locals and all that exactly. stuff. So I didn't think about it. In my notes, I said, well, Werner's a big softy. Mm-hmm. And he, he opens up to Mike because he's been married, whoa, 26 years. So therefore, he can't be away from his wife for, right. I guess they're going on like eight months now, which which I get. Mm-hmm. I get. I Lame, but I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, well, especially fact, factor in the whole fear of death thing that he just had, and it makes a little see. I, sense. I didn't put two and two together. Yeah. I, I didn't put that together. I just put it as he was, he was, he was a lovesick puppy. Yeah, and he was so lovesick that even though knowingly he went into this situation where he's going to be a made man pretty much for the rest of his life, mm-hmm. he just has to be away for a little bit. He just needs the loving embrace of his wife so much that he's going to jeopardize it all. Well, I guess money can't buy happiness. Yeah. I guess it can. It can rent it. Being married for 26 years does. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I'm pretty happily married man, but at 26 yeah. years, I mean, shit, I've been with my wife for 12 years, and even I could be like, I even I could be. Eight like, months. Yeah, to be set the and rest of my so. life, I'd I'd be like, take care of the kids, woman. I'm, right. a, <laughs> I'm a working man. <laughs> Try not to fuck any dudes while I'm mm-hmm. gone. So I, I've made a bunch of <laughs> – try not to hunt my friends <laughs> again. <laughs> again. <laughs> Without me there this time. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't. I guess I didn't put it in that context. So you're coming more for more so you think Werner sees the writing on the wall? Like he's starting to feel like what's what's my end game here? Yeah, maybe. I think he just – he he he'd already mentioned being homesick. He's never been away this long. Mm-hmm. And then he has the fear of God put him in hit him. You know, he 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 senses his own mort- mortality, uh-huh. mortality, uh, for sure. So then just kind of freaks out and yeah, just goes cougar. Just like I I gotta get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he doesn't plan on coming back. Right. I, we don't know what the note said, but he left the note. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was I was actually shocked that he said to put Kai in charge. So his yeah. decision making is way off. No. Right. <laughs> So yeah, I think it's and maybe he senses what you're saying about Mike taking everybody out at the end too. Maybe maybe it's all part of one intricate tapestry mm. of excuses to bail. I did enjoy the consolation prize of an extra phone call. Yeah, <laughs> right. And he gives him all the time he wants. Yeah, that's, yeah. It's awful sweet of him. Doesn't yeah. even give him the ten minute warning. Right. Yeah. No, just let him let him keep talking. Oh, oh, oh and also. The fact that this is they're behind. I think he thought he'd be home sooner. Mm-hmm. So now he sees like it's going to be this much longer before I get back. So I really got to see my wife. So I think I think it's just all a big. Yeah, it's it's all it's all the reasons thrown into one. Gotcha. Column A, column B, column gonna, C, column D. Kind of get why the getting's good. That's right. Okay. Get before you get got. Yeah. We don't get got. We go get. Indeed. It's true now. It's true now as it was when it was written. By That's right. Okay. Uh, Poyos Hermanos. Los Poyos. Lyle, Lyle at uh, Poyos Hermanos. That's a good manager, right? Two seasons ago, wasn't he all about being a manager and then they mm-hmm. gave him a shot or something like that when the Salamancas were causing shit with Tuco and all that around there? Because he kind of alludes to that, but mm-hmm. if that's the same character I'm thinking of, and I think I made a joke back then about how Lyle had their back because mm-hmm. Gus was having some sort of conversation. Didn't Lyle walk up and he's like, is there a problem here? Like yeah. he, he was all... Kind of peacocked up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he was all broed out. And in this, not only does he re-alert Gus that those who guys he believes are the bad people are back. One of but them. He recognized Nacho. Yeah, when Gus walks up to the front desk to see what's going on, mm-hmm. Lyle's in the background getting ice, but he's totally... Oh, I didn't notice. See, that's yeah, one of those things that you noticed that I didn't. Yeah, he was he was getting ice from the the ice machine, and he was nice. totally scoping the scene, like ready to jump in. Lyle's yeah. Lyle's ride or die. Lyle's got some back. <laughs> yeah, or he's got Gus's back anyway. <laughs> he's got some back. <laughs> now, don't do don't do the man wrong. He he. It's obvious he works out and does squats. He's a skinny little bitch. Oh man, I want to talk about Lyle like that. <laughs> what is he gonna do? Sick Gus on me? Yeah, he may. You never know. Uh, I'm gonna end up in a blue barrel in the middle of New Mexico. You may. Mm. You may. Good. I'll was... be with all of my stuff that got stolen. <laughs> <laughs> Gus comes out, talks to uh, Lalo, which is awesome because he kind of owns Nacho at this point. Mm-hmm. And Nacho is so despondent. I mean, he obviously has no idea what the hell's going on in mm-hmm. his own life anymore. Right. He, he was the kingpin for a while. That got taken away from him when Lalo showed up. 
Mm-hmm. Now Lalo drags him to Los Poyos Hermanos. Mm-hmm. And I, not just like, oh. <laughs> he's showing the new boss around, basically. You know, he's, he wants to see everything. He wants to know what's going on everywhere. And mm-hmm. uh, he wants to talk to the Chilean. Right. But they're, they're working under the assumption that Lalo has no idea right. what Nacho did, right? Because Lalo hasn't showed his cards yet. Right. But again, let's talk about the Chilean, obviously. I, I feel it's foreshadowing. I mean, I guess in the context of the story, it's kind of alluding to the fact that somehow out of dings on a bell, Lalo got information about, well, we don't know what he asked about. Him right. Because, but you heard the dings mm-hmm. when Nacho was getting jello, quote unquote. Right. Right. But Nacho's not really aware of what they talked about. And Lalo was really kind of cordial there. Well, he knows the whole story of Gus saving Hector, giving him CPI, mm-hmm. the chest compressions, right. and all that stuff. And he knows that Gus helped him get the help. Yeah. So he's got an inside guy to the situation. Yeah. I guess that would be Victor. Was Victor there when that all went down? Well, your theory is, is that that's who told Lalo. Because Victor does work for the Salamancas, right? He's not one of Gus's guys? I believe so. It's hard for me to keep track anymore. Because that is actually kind of important. So I was way wrong, and uh, Victor actually works for Gus. Mm-hmm. So that goes. There goes my whole stupid theory about Victor told Salamancas and Lalo what's going on. So now I don't think Lalo knows that Nacho is responsible at mm-hmm. this point. Okay. Well, he he's still there for the reasons that we talked about to take over and run the ship and all mm-hmm. that stuff. But now I don't think that, that. So maybe his big. Remember, I just said that he was always referring to Nacho as Varga and mm-hmm. keeps making a point to be like, you're not one of us, you're not right. Salamanca, right? Right. Maybe that's what was eating him up because Nacho was living high on the hog. Yeah. And he saw that as his duty to appear. And Yeah, why is this non-blood person yeah. of our family running our family or having such a big role in our family? Exactly. So you got to send in the blood relative from out of town mm-hmm. to right the ship mm-hmm. and deal with Gus. Right. I did like Gus didn't take the bait to talk shit about Don Eladio. Right. He's just like, I'm happy with our arrangement. Well, he is happy with the arrangement. Mm-hmm. And maybe he disagrees. Maybe he doesn't think Don Eladio, that there is like the bad blood. Well, he, he's downplaying the bad blood mm-hmm. because he's got he's playing the long game. Right. Because there's a similarity, which I also kind of wrote down at one point. There's a similarity about about these guys that are so evil and they take their time with certain people and like offing them or killing them that allows more things to happen mm-hmm. when you could just kill the person. Right. Like you're keeping Hector alive and he makes mm-hmm. like half of breaking bad or whatever. Yeah. So I think he, I think Gus is actually the one that's enjoying the bad blood, right. not Eladio. Gotcha. But Lalo was totally trying to bait him because he even said, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Like don't fuck with Don Eladio. You'd right. be crazy to do so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good, good job on a, Gus seeing that coming a mile away. I also enjoyed the total disrespect. They've made it a point to show that Gus multiple times, you know, takes very good care of the outward appearance of mm-hmm. Los Poyos Hermanos. He's always free clean- up garbage and Lalo, cleaning, dude. Yeah. Fring cleaning. <laughs> and Lalo <laughs> tosses the cup out the window. Yeah, that's a nice little little jab right there. Good dick move. That's right. Also Or maybe that'll be the thing that sets Gus off. Because I'm, I'm sure Lalo, ha- I'm sure Lalo, I'm sure Lalo hasn't seen Gus sweep Los Poyos Hermanos as mm. much as we have, but maybe it's just one of those little things where Gus sees that and it's like, that motherfucker. The single tear, like yeah. the Indian from the commercial, mm-hmm. and he just goes, just goes ham on everybody. Yeah, the proverbial it has now been slit to on. <laughs> it's on, yes, yeah. it is now. It's like he danced back. Right. That's right. Gus danced, Lalo danced back, now it's on. Exactly. I didn't notice how Lalo was like, so you get six keys a week. Because remember, there was mm-hmm. five, and then like Salamancas get six, and that right. was like a whole big deal. Yeah. So now that is the established number, six mm-hmm. keys a week. Yeah. Cool. It's almost like a Beatles song. Mm-hmm. Six keys a week. <laughs> right? That's the one it's you're eight referring Eight days to? a week, but yeah. Fuck. <laughs> no, it, you, no you're the right. I don't like the Beatles either. You had it right. It's just yeah. it, it's eight days a week, not six yeah. days a week. The Beatles aren't bad. They're just not my style of music. They're just not good. Yeah. No, they're they're awesome. Yeah. As an audio engineer, I have to have a special appreciation for No, I I totally get their place in rock and roll. Not their songs. 
Yeah. Their recording techniques. They pioneered recording techniques. Like I said, I totally respect their place in rock and roll history. Mm-hmm. Just I I don't particularly enjoy their music. That yeah. doesn't mean it's not good. It's just not something I would listen to. Right. Overrated. Yep. All right. So Jimmy at the hearing. What? Jimmy's at the Oh, I get what you're saying. <laughs> hearing. Yeah. The hearing. I fell for that earlier tonight too when you did that. God damn it. Okay. So Jimmy's at the hearing. So this answers a question. Okay, I was thought you were going to do the whole what thing. This answers a question that one of our listeners tweeted, one mm-hmm. of our nerd friends tweeted to us about Jimmy being able to practice law. Mm-hmm. So his term, his time has been served. He It was a closed case. Mm-hmm. He did have the year suspension knocked out. Yep. But he needs a hearing to be reinstated under, into the bar. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were confused about and we had discussed in a couple episodes. Yep. So that question... Finally freaking answered. Right. Yep. So a lot, a lot of legal mumbo-jumbo and back and forth, and there's some big parts of the scene. The one thing I enjoyed is when he was stating the references from his previous managers that he got, and he had um, three Silver Circle Awards, which was a sales award that he only got because he was buying cell phones for right. himself. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Yeah. I don't know if anybody caught I mean, it's not like it was like that hidden of a thing, but that kind of made me chuckle. I caught that. Did you catch the... I like the he has a new outlook on client relations. Yes. I like that a lot, too. Yeah. I, I looked at you when he said that because mm-hmm. I figured there'd be something you'd really pick up on. Um, Jimmy gives this big, impassioned answer about the law, about what, what the law means to him. Mm-hmm. Right? And he even um, started off by citing Chuck's school. I, would, I went and looked that up because I couldn't remember. Mm-hmm. But Chuck went to Georgetown. And mm-hmm. was, he's like, oh, if I would have went to Georgetown or Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Which is near us, by the way. I I, en- I enjoyed his use of the word capricious. Mm-hmm. As you would. Yeah. As you are wont to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of a wordy guy sometimes. You like for, them $5 words? For as dumb as I sound half the time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, eventually, we find out that they, they think it's not very sincere, right? Jimmy goes out. He they, He's kind of disappointed. It's like when you go to a job interview and they tell you, like, we'll call you in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Right. You know you're not the guy. Right. And so like, he had an idea, so he sits in the hallway. He almost tackles the stenographer. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to tell him that they pretty much decided to no. Mm-hmm. And then he runs through and tracks down the guy in the stairwell mm-hmm. and um, finds out that they think he's he's insincere. I mm-hmm. thought he was pretty sincere. Well, I, I actually wrote down that he was sincere, and that is quite ironic. Mm-hmm. That he was, he, the, when he's actually being sincere, it's perceived as insincere. Right. And when he's being insincere, it's perceived as sincere, which Chuck said. He's like, I don't deny, I don't doubt your sincerity. Mm-hmm. Just stop apologizing. You know, yeah. when he gave him that speech. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like, and he, yeah, so he totally was sincere and then came across as insincere. So it's just like, you know, God damn it, can't win. Yeah. You know. I loved, <laughs> I don't know why. So there's a big cartoon guy. Mm-hmm. There's a very specific sound effect that gets me all the time, and they use it a lot in classic cartoons. Like when somebody slaps somebody, it's mm-hmm. like a whop, like it's the, mm-hmm. the whop noise. It's almost like a crack and like a whop and like a... The wind no, not behind even, it. it. It's, it's like just a, a smack yeah. that, that it makes. It's oh. a very distinct noise, mm-hmm. and it's used in a lot of classic Warner Brother cartoon. Mm-hmm. And just on a weird, nerdy side note, when Jimmy got frustrated and threw the pack against the wall mm-hmm. on the opposite side of the stair, the, the noise that the bag made when it hit the wall mm. uh, also made me want to laugh just because it was a really <laughs> awesome noise. Nice. No bag would probably ever make that noise being thrown right. at a wall. No, that's, <laughs> was, that's Foley. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was just a really great noise. <laughs> and I figured you might appreciate that. It did, because t- I think I was writing something down when it happened, and I heard the noise, and they like, made me look up at the screen and go, oh, oh they threw the briefcase yeah hilarious and then in front of the guy who was like is it safe to come down the stairs now <laughs> i think it's called a wallop like the noise cartoons use when somebody gets hit and a wallop think, yeah mm-hmm. it, it's like a very like whop like i i don't know it's a very distinct noise interesting but yeah it's, it's, is that uh, a, is that an onomatopoeia wallop 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 no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know but you I say it really fast yeah. No. Okay. I'll have to find it. Uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure I watch cartoons a lot, so I'm sure next time I see a cartoon I'll rewind and get the noise. But anyway. So anyway, so this is where they switched us. God damn it. They had us all, they had me 
mm-hmm. thinking like, all right, he's going to be back in law. Maybe we'll get like a whole season of Saul and he's going to finally start practicing law this season. And here it comes. And he's talking about calling himself Saul Goodman. And he's got another year before he can appeal. Yeah, there's a couple of misdirections <laughs> like that. That's in the same vein as everybody, uh, you know, kind of thinking that something is going to go awry in the dynamite scene at the very beginning right. of the episode. Like a lot of, a lot of buildup. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, God, jokes on you. <laughs> and a lot of like the, the Kim stuff because we have to find out what happens to Kim. And it's like the car accident and the and the getting shady and doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, she's still just Kim shady. Doing her thing. Ticka ticka. Kim shady. Kim shady. <laughs> oh Lord. Back at the compound. Meanwhile. <laughs> Meanwhile. It's basically, the whole thing is is Werner's on the phone. For and, a long and, ass time. And Kai cheats at volleyball. And Kai cheats. I wrote that down because I don't know. And you even asked how do you cheat at volleyball? I, right. I did ask that. I think he's palming the ball. Probably. Maybe he's like, it was all uh, snow on the line, dude. Mm-hmm. Mark a foul. Yeah. He seems like a ball palmer to me. <laughs> am, I only only one, am I the only one here that gives a shit about, <laughs> about the goddamn the rules? <laughs> <sighs> so we move on after we establish well, that I, Werner is on the phone and he likes to smoke cigarettes. I'll say this the whole point of the scene is to set up. Warner leaving. He's scoping out the security cameras, trying to figure out a way. It just sets and, that up. And it also helps to further establish Mike for something later. Yeah. And what? Like like his attention to detail. Oh, well, we already know that. I mean, it's freaking Batman, but dude. It, they just keep driving so it into their So if Mike head. is Batman, does that mean that his alter ego is Mike Ehrmantraut? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mike with Anita is the alter ego. Mm-hmm. Mike with Gus is the real Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gus Mike. There you go. Yeah. Kim's on a conference call, and she's putting together world's best lawyer again with the nail polish. Second on. best lawyer. She put a second in there. Did she? And then an again at the bottom. Oh, I didn't catch that. I went uh, again. Uh, a little jokey. At first, I thought she was listening to talk radio or something, or like, yeah. or press briefs, or like um, law briefs. Because no. it showed it earlier where she was listening to the recorder mm-hmm. of a of a legal meeting and she was taking notes and such. Mm-hmm. But that was a real time call. Yeah, I got that from it right and away. And then she just jumped in. About. She just jumped. She was doing all sorts of different stuff and just jumped little, in. Little monogram briefcase for JMM. Mm-hmm. James M. McGill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember his middle name. Yeah. But yeah, then she just like, hold on a second here, guys. I got something to say. Yep. And she kind of takes charge and bullies some dude around, but I didn't write down any notes about what she said. Yeah. She, well, she was pretty much basically, don't fuck with me, guys. Like, come right. on. It was, like, it was like this. I could sum it all up in one word. It was just, dude. Yeah. That was you. it. That was, Kim was just like, dude. Dude. Bruh. Right. Like basketball, just dude. 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 And this, this leads into the whole, gets a call from Jimmy, mm-hmm. which prompts her to go stand on a, parking garage roof for some reason mm-hmm. which i don't get that's where her office is oh yeah i guess so for some reason i guess i thought that she was or something like that I, I guess okay so she's there jimmy comes up all indignant and they have a huge huge blowout so he drops the f-bomb for the second time this season yeah i can't sell phone cell phones for a fucking year can't yeah. sell cell phones sell cell and howard phones. and howard told him to fuck off and yeah howard told him to fuck off yeah two f-bombs at least yeah i I thought they were only i thought the big deal was that they're only allowed one so those of you because we didn't see the the episode where howard told twitter there was something on twitter that confirmed that i believe that they did say the f-bomb okay so then they 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 said it twice pushing the envelopes man yeah i mean pretty soon you're just gonna have all the words on on network television (laughs) All, all them fancy french words that's right good fuck censorship as my father Likes to call cuss words. Those fancy French words. Those fancy French words. <laughs> those fancy French words. <laughs> but they, they have a big blow up, and it, it pretty much goes back and forth. Great acting. Good scene. Yeah. The only but, thing I yeah. really, the only thing I noticed out of the whole thing was that he didn't talk about Chuck, which makes him think that he was insincere because he would, because they know the details and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then his response was like, why would I talk about Chuck? Yeah. Like, literally, like, Chuck was born, and then he died. Yeah. Like, he is so over chuck to a point that is probably not healthy the thing that i caught was jimmy says they came up with this bullshit question that is what does the law mean to you Mm -hmm. and that's when kim 
says, did you mention Chuck or you didn't mention Chuck? Mm-hmm. They were waiting for you to mention Chuck so you would sound like you had some sort of connection. Right. Right. But I think in in the hearing, there was a question that followed that, which was, who is your biggest influence? And that's probably where they were actually waiting for him to say something about Chuck. Oh, did they? that happen? I missed that one. Yeah. Like the last question of the hearing before they sent him on his way was uh, the woman asked, who is your biggest influence? And then that's when he says, well, I got to give credit where credit is due. The University of American Samoa. Instead of saying Chuck, uh, that's actually probably where he lost it. So he, so uh, in this big argument, he doesn't even get that. Yeah. Like, he doesn't get that because he blames it all on the question. The bullshit question in his eyes was, that he what does the law mean about. to you? Because he gave a very eloquent and long-witted answer, an impassioned answer to that. Mm-hmm. But where he actually lost it, that he didn't tell Kim or maybe doesn't even realize is that mm-hmm. the woman asked him, who is your biggest influence? So Kim actually hit it right on the head. She mm. was... She was saying, well, why wouldn't you say Chuck? He's obviously a big deal in this community. Mm-hmm. But he he doesn't even acknowledge that he was even given an opening for that. <laughs> because uh-huh. he, he says, why would I? Yeah. Well, why would you? It's because she asked who your biggest influence is. But he's stuck on the what is law. Right. He can't get past that because in his eyes, he nailed it. Because that yeah. was the best answer anybody could have gave. So he just glossed right over. Mm. And then that's the insincere one. When they say, who's your biggest influence? And he, he talks it up. Oh, I'll give... Credit where credit is due. University of American Samoa. Whoa. That's the insincere part. You have gotten yourself a point for that one, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And the only other note I have is uh, kick a man while he's down, and she replies, uh, but you're always down. Yeah, harsh. Yeah. But yeah. true. But aren't you, Kim? You're you're always there, right there with him. Right? She's always, what what is it, slumming it up? Yeah, you know, get a little slipping, Jimmy. I still think slipping, Jimmy, is kind of like a hackneyed. It, it, when when I first heard that, I thought it was hackneyed and funny. Mm-hmm. But like the more as the series goes on, it's like that really is a silly. Yeah, really is a silly name. But then you can say things like slipping, Jimmy slips it in you. Mm-hmm. Mm. 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 Good enough to good enough to live with. Good enough to sleep with. <laughs> not good enough to have an office with. Yeah pretty bitter about that yeah that's like his goal yeah his his end game is to practice law with kim mm-hmm. he wants to shit where he eats yeah he wants to shit where he eats and now he's just shitting and that's eating it. in separate places yeah so <laughs> awesome scene good acting um well directed and well nice filmed. Re- and nice recap to bring everybody up to speed from the past four seasons yeah yeah, because mm-hmm. the the thing about the show is sometimes it's hard to, or you tend to forget that Jimmy isn't really that likable of a person. Right. You want to like him. I think we mentioned this one other mm-hmm. time this season too, where it's like you want to like him, mm-hmm. but man, he's a dick. Yeah, dude sucks. Like as a person, he's a shitball. But you want to like him. You, right. you know, like he's very. Well, you want to like him because he's the main character, and. You always have, like, you always want to root for the main character, so the main character is always presented to be likable, mm-hmm. so this show kind of always twists that around, where mm-hmm. they make the main character unlikable, right. which is why it's so genius. Breaking Bad <laughs> is the same way. Everybody, like, Walter White was not a good person by right. the end of the show, but you're still kind of rooting for him. Yeah. Yep. Fast forward to the apartment, and Jimmy getting home all sheepish and awkward. Mm-hmm. Kim's having a beer. Kim was all about confronting him. Kind of, yeah. Had a beer. She had enough of the bullshit because he wouldn't acknowledge her, and then she goes and stares him down. Mm-hmm. But it didn't seem like it wasn't. I don't think stared no, down. No, I think she was ready. I think she was ready to have it out. I think she was saying, "Okay, so you're not gonna you're gonna ignore me now that you came back to our house." Do so you think? Right. When, do you think when he said like I fucked everything up was when that changed her? Yes. Mood? Oh, okay. I think I think that took her off guard. Okay. I think that took her off because she look at her face. She was totally like. Mm. What do you got to say, dude? I'm right here. Let's do this. You know, mm. she was ready to go. She was, she was at home doing that whole thing where you rest your elbows on your knees, you know, mm-hmm. drinking beer. She's ready to rock. Probably sitting there thinking, how is she going to confront him? Comes home. Having that imaginary argument in your head that never yeah. goes the way that you imagine it. Yeah. He, he comes home. He's like unpacking shit, totally ignoring her. So she's mm-hmm. like, well, congrats. Cause now I'm in your personal space. What are you going to do? And then he does that thing. Yeah. Which is probably just bullshit. Probably, yeah. But I thought that was—I thought there was sincerity to the part where she's like, "Well, 
well, what do you want to do? You still want to be a lawyer? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, yeah. And she's like, well, we can start with that. Yeah. So I think she's going to try to do the whole like, okay, we're going to do this. We're going to do this on my terms. You're going to, you're not, not going to be, we're going to do it for good. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do it, you know, be Saul Goodman. And then eventually he's going to fuck that up. No, I, I'll take a contrary idea to that. I think that she obviously understands that she's that he's never going to change. And she obviously gets that aspect of his personality because she's been involved with it several times now. Mm-hmm. So I think what she's going to do is because she's a sucker for Jimmy. She even said that pretty much herself. Like, mm-hmm. I have an awesome job. And for some reason, I drop all that because you admitted to felony on a tape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you right, know? Yeah. Right? So I think she's just kind of giving in. You want to be a lawyer? And he says, yeah. And she finds a way to make Saul Goodman his lawyering identity. Like bypassing this whole bar thing? Yeah. Maybe. I, I think that's but some. We saw on the Nick Time and Better Go You know, the preview thing that they are back like together at the courthouse. Mm-hmm. So it looks like they're appealing. So but, maybe she's using, maybe it is a legitimate, but she decides she's going to help him to get him off her back and get him out on his own. That, that may be, she might be working yeah. the appeals process for him, but I get a feeling, especially since they already set it up early in the episode where it's like, oh, my customers only know me. I saw Goodman. Mm-hmm. She somehow in the, in the follow-up to this, so they don't have to wait a year, will find some legal means to, bam, congrats. Now he can do law under Saul Goodman. Hmm. I hope it isn't something as cheese dick as, well, he changed his name, so therefore, technically, he's... Yeah, no, I don't see how you but, can really circumvent that, circumvent the law like that. I, I don't either, but I'm also... I'm, <laughs> uh, Arrested Development has me saving that all the time. How you can <laughs> circumvent the law like that. Like, you have to be legit. You have to display your degrees and your certifications and your mm-hmm. board, whatever. So, I think it has to be done legally. I don't think you can... Just like open a new business under a different name, and it's that business is practicing law. True, because you have you are going to appear in court. But I also don't know the full extent of the law, so I'm just saying maybe I'm just say, I'm just making a prediction right now that mm-hmm. that she finds a way to make him Saul Goodman, and uh, especially since especially since next episode is the last episode of season four. Okay, I'm going to go the other way, and I'm going to say that she's going to help him. If he promises the fly right and just the cycle keeps continuing. Wouldn't it be funny if they did the lamest thing ever and it's just one year later and everything's all peachy keen now? <laughs> like they just gloss over everything. Because we saw the next time I better call Saul thing where Howard Hamlin's like, Hamlin, Hamlin, McGill is better than ever or back yeah. or whatever the hell he says. You yeah, know? they're back. It'd be funny if they were just like, they open up and it just literally says one year later. <laughs> That's where they're at. What if they're back because they got the Mesa Verde account? That's a good call. That's possible. Mm. Let's save that for preview with the prior. That's not a bad idea, though. Okay. I just said it, though. Okay. Well, say it again. I'll say it at preview with the prior. Do it. I dare you. Meanwhile, <laughs> back okay. at the compound. We're back at the compound. Mm-hmm. Mike has the shittiest henchmen ever. They're not henchmen. They're just the guys in the truck. They're henchmen. He, it's not like he hired Brinks or some security firm to come watch them. Yeah, They're but these are these are nerds. They're translators. They're yeah, electric, the electrical guys. They're, they're henchmen. They're they're monitoring they're screens. They're not henchmen. They're totally henchmen. They're not enforcers. They're just observers. They're hench nerds. There you go. Okay, fine. So the hench nerds, <laughs> the hench nerds who take all these intricate notes, transcribe German, see everything that's going on twenty four seven, and Mike walks in in two seconds and notices a dead pixel. Well, they noticed it. They just didn't think twice about it because they had the thing. Okay, so my issue with that is uh, by the end of the episode, right, because they run through and they're trying to find Werner and he's gone or whatever, Mm -hmm. right? So now my issue is, uh, from my very basic understanding of things, Mm -hmm. uh, lasers and such, things that move in a straight line, also work on line of sight, right? Mm -hmm. So is it really that plausible Right, because at the end, we see Mike pick up the laser, he shoots it on his hand, mm-hmm. and then somehow has pinpoint accuracy, even though in broad daylight, when it'd be hard to see the laser, like, shoot the camera. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me no security guy saw Werner walk out of his house and face 
the camera inside the building and then shoot with the laser and nobody's like, oh, what's he doing with that laser? Just shooting the camera. They and- showed you that. Warner found a spot. See, first I thought it was just weird cinematography. Uh-huh. But they showed a spot where everything was like blurred off. Like Warner found a spot where he could have a line of sight that they couldn't really see him. Mm. Like half the screen was all blurred out by an object. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at first I thought that was just weird cinematography. Like his eyesight blurring or something like that. But I think you know what they like, did, right? Because it moved from left to right. Yeah. And there was a blur in the middle. And I remember being like, why the fuck would they do that? Like, that was him finding a spot that he could shoot the camera with the laser oh, without so being good. seen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense now. Okay. Well, I take that back. But the hench nerds are still dicks. I'll take a point. I still feel uh, you, you'll get five for that. I still feel like they should have noticed. Well, you, you can get a point. You can get a point for calling them out because yeah, they didn't look more into it. They thought it was just some random power surge. All of a sudden, it's pixelated. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't suspicious at all that maybe something had happened. Mm-hmm. But then again, they didn't have the conversation with Warner about him being homesick and wanting to leave. Although, but they've been listening. But they're on the listening phone. to him talk to his wife. But I guess to them, like, oh, he talked to his wife. He's over it. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Where Mike is more like. Something's up with this guy. So do you think Werner had some sort of backup plan to where when he was talking with his wife, he had code words and such? And I was wondering if he was like using code words because the way they kept saying, like they they were describing the conversation to Mike. I was listening for it's anything. It's like joining the be. book club and they got yeah. a puppy named whatever the fuck the puppy's name right. is. Right. That, that's like German for like beat me at the airport because I'm buying a ticket. Wire me money to this account so I could buy a plane ticket Right, or yeah. Well, I mean, presumably, I mean, Werner's a smart guy and presumably he's done work kind of in this seedy underground type of environment before so mm-hmm. he might have safety words yeah might not even be his wife on the other end of the line it's true you know maybe he's a i don't know what if this whole time he was never married mm-hmm. he's not homesick he just knows that gus is gonna off everybody when it's over and he's just getting out before yeah happens. what if that blows my whole theory about the cougar moment mm-hmm. from top gun yeah the life flash before your eyes reevaluating things blows that theory out of the water or does it because now he's like i want to live i'm gonna get the fuck out of here well in a way though he is kind of buzzing the tower in a way negative ghost rider no that's true negative ghost rider the pattern is full i just want to throw other references out there really my only top gun things that i know take me to bed or lose me forever (laughs) (laughs) the only the only things about top gun i know is uh dudes playing volleyball Mm -hmm. homoerotically yeah um and on the nintendo video game of top gun it's really hard to refuel your jet and it's also a pain in the ass to land on the air carrier also true yeah so um i know a lot more than that yeah break hard right break hard right i'm gonna slam on the brakes it's gonna fly right by nice i can keep going (laughs) jester's dead (laughs) (laughs) you went below the hard deck yeah so anyway I, I guess where we go from here, right? Right. Werner's missing. Now all of his crew's got to be. Well, I, we, I wonder if we're going to find out what the note said. I mean, did he specify? To, I bet I mean, we'll he, find out next season. He already told Mike to put Kai in charge, mm-hmm. but Mike is suspicious of Kai. So okay, what if, not- the, what if that was the note was just a detailed directions because he was skating anyway, so he was trying to hold up his end of the bar. Bargain, yeah. even though it wasn't agreed to, and he's just like, well. I, I think that's that exactly what the note was because there was note and plans. Mm-hmm. He had written out plans. Mm-hmm. He left a note. So my whole thing is like, what if Kai's really the best man for the job? Mm-hmm. He's the John Spartan. He's the best demolition man. Yeah. So he should put Kai in charge. Yeah. But he doesn't like Kai. Right. He doesn't trust Kai. Yeah. He puts somebody else in charge mm-hmm. who's not as competent. And that makes things get all fucked up. Okay. His uh, his wife must give some good loving though, <laughs> mm. right? Mm-hmm. My parents have been together. Magical vagine. It has to be right. My parents have been together fifty years, still, still kiss and like. My dad, when he walks past my mom, will still like pat her on the ass when he walks. Mm-hmm. They still act like high school sweethearts. Mm-hmm. And my dad probably would not think twice about being away from my mom for a year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it it, it just seemed. I it is possible. It's possible because I've I've known a lot of friends who are completely lovesick, which which is cool, you mm-hmm. know. I I just feel like it's it, there's something about it not sitting right with me. It just seems unless what if what if Werner just actually had this big plan basically to bilk Gus? But like you said, maybe he's not married. Maybe this is all just some sort of elaborate scheme on Werner's end. No, because he's going to cost himself a lot of money by not finishing the job. So that's not 
That's no. not bilking. I really think 100% honesty, honest opinion is what I said before about the near-death experience makes him reevaluate his priorities, and now he has to get home to see his wife. Okay. That's what I'm thinking at well, all costs. Okay. Not bad. And we could talk more about it with preview with the prior. Hopefully we'll get it out this week before the season four finale. Mm -hmm. Uh, For everybody out there, thank you for, uh, well, thank you for sticking with us. It's kind of late as we record this. And I, and I know it's later than our normal time, but we had a lot of weird upstanding, uh, outstanding circumstances this week, but I got busy and had to do other things. I apologize. Well, and then on top of that, like we just had a weird issue with the login for the screener. Yeah. We were going to watch it yesterday. Well, mm. my bears were whooping butt, which was awesome. And instead, we watched it today where your Cubs sucked ass. That's right. <laughs> right? <laughs> one more game to go. I don't see them winning this one-time mm-hmm. game. Yeah. So and tell us what... You're probably going to be listening to this while the game's on. Mm-hmm. So tell us what you thought about this uh, this week's episode, about the penultimate episode 409. Uh, let us know what you think about it. Make sure to hit us up on Twitter, ISGM Podcast. Hit us up at host at itsallgoodman.com. And, of course, you can find us at Facebook if you know how to search on Facebook, which everybody does. So why don't you do that and drop us a few lines? Uh, make sure to get your comments in and iTunes review. So Dave has something to do on preview with the prior. And for those of you listening on TV Time, we haven't forgot about you. I'll try to get some more stuff from TV Time next week. And uh, with that, Dave, listen to my other podcast, What's Going Down in Downtown J-Town, where we talk about what the fabulous things are happening in downtown Joliet, Illinois. Mm -hmm. Call us idiots, call us geniuses, whatever. Just call us. It's all good, man.